0: I hope you have all been doing great. The holidays are around the corner. I'm so thankful for all of you. And I wanted to introduce this episode to you guys because I really think it's important that each and every one of you shares it with anyone you know who is thinking about getting a puppy or a kitty or a gerbil or any pet for their pets for the holidays. For their pets, oh my god, for their kids for the holidays. You see where my head goes? My head's always thinking about the pets. And this is why I wanted to put this episode out now. This one is with Margaret Strohmeyer. She wrote a book called What to Know Before You Get Your Dog. And it's applicable to any pet. And if you know anybody who is going to be getting a pet for their child, for the holidays, or is even thinking about it, please share this episode or share episode 58. Actually, share both of these episodes. Episode 58 is called One-Eyed Leo with Karen Walsh. They're both books about what you should know as a parent before taking a taking on this big responsibility and for me if you guys know me my focus is on the well-being of the animal and the kids as well the combination can bring so much goodness to our lives combination of a happy pet and a happy child can bring so much goodness so please share this or if you are thinking about it i hope you get the right answers by listening to this episode. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful holiday. Hello puppies and kittens and welcome to the Petropolis Podcast. My name is Taz. You guys already know me. Okay. You don't know my guest. My guest is Margaret Strawmeyer. She is an author Well, actually, Margaret, you're a new author and you're a pet owner and you're a parent and you're a designer, interior designer and architect in architecture. So you're so many things. So I'm going to start with saying hello and welcome you. And uh, from there, I want you to tell me what this book is that you wrote, what to know before you get your dog and why you you, uh, decided to write this book. Oh, yes hi
1: hi nice to meet you and I'm, I'm so happy to be here <laughs> yes you're right uh, i i'm a new author and um primarily i am an animal lover and i love especially dogs and i wanted to teach my daughter and other children that taking care of a dog is an important responsibility but it will also be a, a rewarding a wonderful reward so when my daughter was about eight years old she was begging us to get her own dog. Uh, Even though we had a family dog, she still wanted her own dog. Um, And so so many families go through the same situation where the kids are begging them to get a dog. And many times parents um, and kids are not aware of what's involved to care for one. So I wanted to make sure my daughter really knows all the choice and responsibility it takes to care for one. So since she was literally begging us every day to get her own dog, I went to bookstores to look for a book which lays out in a simple way, uh, which uh, a seven, eight year old child or even younger children can read easily and understand, um, where all the responsibilities and choice to care for one do- for, for a dog is in that book. Um, I found many books but not what I was looking for. So I decided to write my own.
0: This is for what age group?
1: This book is between the age group from three and eight.
0: The illustrations are gorgeous. It hits on some really important points and I think most parents are so busy and they're all over the place. And sometimes they are willing to say yes to their children without really thinking further ahead. And, I hope parents read this book before they hand it over to their kids. Um, So your daughter started asking for a dog at age eight. Is that when you started writing the book or thinking about it? That's,
1: yes, that's when I started writing the book. And I do agree with you, I, um, this book, it's just because it's written in in a rhyming format. I wanted it that kids actually can read it themselves. So, you know, older kids, totally enjoy this book as well and a lot of adults love to read this book so it's it's a good book to start um a topic to discuss uh, uh, everything about a dog care with their children but so I, I just figured three to eight years old so kids can eventually read it themselves
0: a parent uh, is being asked by their child to get a dog non-stop every day and it's incessant it happens constantly I mean my niece and nephew do it to my brother and uh, sister-in-law constantly and they have seven cats but they want a dog right so there's something about the dog my brother luckily is smart enough to know that between seven cats two kids uh home and work and business it's impossible so he wouldn't get him a dog but not every parent's willing to go that route or they don't know what it takes so at age eight your daughter starts bugging you When did you finally get the dog? We ended up
1: getting her the dog when she was 10 years old.
0: What did you do during that period?
1: (laughs) The reason why is because first I I really wanted to make sure that she understands every single aspect of dog ownership, even though we had a dog, but I wanted that she knows it. Uh, So we did a lot of reading. We did. I tried to sign her up for uh, local animal shelters where she can go and help out. I talked to my friends who had, like I wanted to mention, my dog really wanted a toy breed. That's why it was also for us, very totally new experience. I grew up with big dogs. My first rescue was a German Shepherd and then we had golden retrievers. So she wanted a toy breed and she was totally hooked on having a, a tiny little five pound Pomeranian. So that's why I, I, I talked to a lot of people who had toy breed dogs. Uh, I, I, we went to shelters. I ended up working at a shelter to socialize pets because I got so involved. Um, we conducted local breeders because shelters did not have a toy breed available when we wanted one. Um, there were many local breeders and I am so grateful that they are so responsible and not just local breeders all over the United States we contacted a lot they said we do not like to give our toy breed to a family where the kids are younger than 10 years old because mm-hmm. the talks are so delicate they can be in easily injured and hurt that they jump they are they if they're trapped once on the floor they can be they can be dangerously injured so um, we ended up waiting until my daughter was almost eight, uh, 10. And in the meantime, and which was actually great, and I can recommend this to a lot of people, it gives us time to prepare. My daughter knew she would be getting a dog. So the begging stopped. Instead of begging for a dog every day and looking for every excuse to get one, she was out there getting every book on toy breeds. Um, The reading, trying to find anything she could possibly find to make this toy breed's life um, happy and, and healthy when we have the dog, what do they eat, how do they need to be handled, which puppy classes can we sign her up. We had so much time to prepare, which gave me some breathing time as well because I had to learn about a toy breed as well, since we had larger dogs and they're totally different and they cannot even be together in the beginning because of the, the size and, and the way they play. I, I didn't want that the little one gets injured. So yes, it, it took uh, um, almost two years.
0: When kids start asking parents for, for pets, for dogs specifically, usually it's around holiday time where there's boredom or a friend of theirs has, has gotten a dog And there's a novelty associated with that. You taking as long as you did and doing the research and giving your daughter the outlook that, okay, this, you will get this animal, you will have it, but first you have to show that you're going to be capable of understanding what the animal's needs are, are so important. And the novelty didn't wear off.
1: The, the novelty did not wear off this far and I too agree totally agree with you because parents are usually so afraid that the novelty wears off after a few months and children will do not do the job they promised to do. And that's why I, I do recommend go to a friend go to a neighbor say can my child come over there once a week after school and play with your dog or walk your dog if the child is old enough. Um, and and all those little, if a child is willing to go after school to your neighbor's house once or twice a week, or or maybe even more often, that child will be willing to take care of of their own dog if they have one. So those are all little steps which can be done beforehand.
0: Having them take on that responsibility and just proving it, I mean, there's such value in having pets for kids. They bring responsibility, love that connection, especially in the day of being stuck at home and these days being stuck at home and not being able to socialize as much as we used to. It's such an important part of um, making a connection away from the video screen or the computer screen, the monitors, that I think it's important for parents to take that initiative. And you're showing them how they can do that with your book. What recommendation do you have for parents first when it comes to saying no? How do you tell them to say no? And is there guidance that you can give to parents that are looking, uh, that are in a crazy state? Because a lot of times they go into a crazy state and they want to just appease the child.
1: Yes, I, I totally agree with you. And I would, first of all, I would explain to to any child that adopting a dog is a big family decision. The the entire family has to agree to it and be willing to take on that responsibility. If one family member is not not agreeing to it, I don't think a family should really take on, should take on a dog because it it affects everything in the household from cost of care to cleaning, it, it impacts vacation plans. And the kids just need to know the how and the why. And if they understand, if they understand that, they usually, you know, kids are fairly easy. Um, and if if you make clear to them and that they understand a the dog is not a toy, a dog is a living thing, and it needs to be cared for every day uh, for the entire life of the dog, which means being, being consistent with feeding, with walking, with playing, it's just like having a baby. Um, so i would ask children just questions like for instance um if we have a dog and that's what usually kids understand the most and we and we have a vacation planned or you have a a plan with your friends or or, or a game or a sports arranged and your dog gets sick and we can go how would you feel how would you understand that this is okay that we just that we just cancel that because those things do happen, the babysitter gets sick. You can't go on vacation. How would the kid react? So I, I usually try to explain and, and go over it over and over again, and see how the kids react. And um, if if the if the whole family is not agreeing to it, I would not suggest to get a dog or a puppy for for that child. It is at the end of the day, as an adult, we have to take on the responsibility for the welfare of the dog. And a child can help, um, and the child can take on um, a huge part of of the responsibility. But at the end of the day, it is our job to do it.
0: Why I'm going completely off the subject because I want the parent, I want parents to kind of absorb that. why a rhyming book? Why did you write it in this in, in this style? Uh, a couple of
1: reasons I love the rhyme. Uh, number one and number two, I just think it's easy to read. Children remember it faster. children can learn each stanza, or each verse on their own and then they feel very my daughter was very proud at the end of the day that you know, I mean, I mean she, actually my daughter was old enough to read, but younger kids are very proud. When they can read the book by themselves, because it's it's easier to remember, and and that's why that's why I did the rhyming book.
0: It's definitely memorable, yes. And, yes. and kids will repeat it,
1: and they will repeat yeah. it more often.
0: I I love that they they will take a segment of it and repeat it. What about the dog that you already had? Why didn't wasn't why wasn't your daughter satisfied with having the family dog as opposed to wanting a toy breed or? wanting something specific. Why wasn't she
1: satisfied with that? She she loved her. She was totally happy and satisfied. But this was, it, it was a family dog, but it was also my husband's dog. It was kind of my husband's baby. And he took on all the responsibilities from training to feeding. And my daughter would have loved to participate and do part of it. But uh, so yes, she wanted to have her own dog and she wanted to train the dog and feed the dog and take care of the dog.
0: Oh, that's interesting because <sighs> I mean, when I see parents taking on that connection, when parents have connections with, with their pets and the children watch that they want to, they want to imitate that. Yes. that That's such a sweet, that's so sweet. I was just curious if that was, if, yeah, it is sweet.
1: Yes, I agree. As a parent, we should be role models. We we should be, because our kids love to be the way we are and imitate us. And um, and she also wanted a, a small dog. She wanted something she can, she's the only child, something she can hold on to, and and it's just that's what she always wanted.
0: So you got your dog from a reputable breeder. Yes. And um tiny little thing it's a pomeranian correct correct it requires a lot of care these small breeds people don't understand how much care goes into a small breed and i mean the grooming alone if you don't groom them my god these poor animals suffer and uh palms especially they suffer from alopecia if it's not genetically uh adjust if they're if the breeder hasn't genetically uh, work with them so they don't develop it. There's so many factors that go into the smaller breeds. And here's your daughter at age eight looking for a tiny dog. Is there anything specific you want to share with parents whose kids are doing what your daughter did about the type of dog to get and what to look for and where to go and what not to do?
1: Um, yes. No. I think it's very important that the dog fits into the family's lifestyle. In in our case. Um, we, we love dogs. I mean, I, I we, we would adopt probably a, any dog, but it's, it was very difficult. That's why I was glad I had some time to prepare just alone. Uh, how do I, how do we get our dog, you know, from the breeder to our place? Our, our dog was, we, we found a breeder. An amazing breeder in California and we live in Connecticut. So, how do you fly the dog over? So we, we had to hire a dog in a puppy nanny because those small breed dogs they need to be um they every every hour on the plane they need to be fed. We have to make sure the sugar level is, is balanced. And so I did not have that experience to do that. So I wanted to hire someone professional who brings the dog to us. And then when we got her, um our she was only about so it's uh it's it's everything we had to keep them separate from the from the larger dog and everything around the house had to be baby proofed every small item and you know how puppies are they want to smell play and eat everything they can find uh even outside the first time she saw grass she was like I mean she was so excited and she saw a buttercup flower and she played with the buttercup flower and then she played with another one and then literally uh 15 minutes later she was sleeping and not moving and we had no idea why until we googled it and found out that those flowers are toxic Mm -hmm. and we rushed her to the emergency room and we caught poison control there and luckily she only ate too and it was okay, but they put her on medication for a whole week because that can cause blisters in her throat. Yeah. And those things I never had to worry and consider with a larger dog because a larger dog, you know, even if a larger dog eats one flower, it's it's not a big concern. It's with everything, it's with little dog biscuits. Uh, we, we, we went, we had a friend over, we saw a small dog and the dog dropped the dog biscuit but the dog biscuit was the size of an inch, too big for our dog. She grabbed it. She choked on it. So we, again, um, you know, rushed her to the emergency room. That was not just the puppy. The first, you know, seven, eight, nine months, every little toy on the floor, I make sure there's nothing there. And if you have little children, make sure there are no tiny little toys on the floor they can choke on. When we walk her, I walk, literally three feet ahead, making sure there's nothing on the floor, no chewing gum, because yeah. that again is toxic. And she stepped into chewing gum once and then she tried to get it off. And that could be toxic uh, half a, a chewing gum for a small sized dog like this, as you know, could be, could be crucial. Yeah. Especially
0: so, yes. the sugar-free kind with the Zylo-Bog, The sugar-free ones. Actually. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So those little things, but they are amazing. I just want, I, I just said like the things people should watch out for, but they are amazing. I we can carry her everywhere. We we bring her around. They are the most loving and caring dogs, uh, super protective dogs. They are watchdogs, not just not just uh, you know, little play dogs. And my daughter and her, they they bonded amazingly. And uh, the way they bonded and the way they connected and how much he learned from having this dog, how much we all learned from having the dog, this dog is, is just amazing.
0: Here you are bonding with this pet and you're having all these issues that you have to address and look out for. And you're a seasoned pet owner. You've had pets your whole life, right? You said you got a German Shepherd and you had mm-hmm. two Goldens. Having dogs wasn't new to you. Just having the small pets, but here you are, a seasoned pet owner, and you have another pet, and all these things are happening: emergency visits, dogs eating things that they shouldn't be, and you immediately was were smart enough to look at, look up, you know, the plant that your pet consumed. Those are all important factors. Not everyone does those things, so it's a scary place to be. You have to be prepared. And you said that you had to prepare your home because they'll pick up anything. Now you are an in interior design and architecture. Give me a little advice about what you would recommend for a home, how to dog proof or puppy proof a home and still make it look good <laughs> when it comes to interior design. Because I like my home to look good and be clean and puppies are a mess.
1: That, that is true, and so can children,
0: <laughs> so, oh, yeah, I forgot that, I
1: guess, uh, it goes both ways, yeah, I agree, I think the important thing is, um, to consider your pet's lifestyle, what, what pet do you have, what dog do you have, and, um, and then that the, the, the spaces are functional and comfortable for the dog, while, while you still keep, you know, the design and the style in mind, um, I would say, the important, the most important thing is create an area like a dog-friendly area where the dog can be. Especially if in the beginning when they're puppies, don't let the dog run throughout the whole house. Um, create one area where the dog can rest, where they can sleep, where they feel safe. Make sure there is a window or a glass door in that area so the pet can look outside um create a, a peaceful environment so it's just talk are just like children they need to have a peaceful environment so they can tr- they can thrive they they can get overwhelmed when it's stressful or when there's loud music playing or when there are lots of toys and things playing out laying around and and just keep it safe for for the dogs so make sure you have um um you have um things stored stored higher um you keep the the dangerous plants store them high keep them keep them out of of the way where the dog can actually reach it keep the food out of reach use latches all over the house if you can get gates um block off areas where they are not allowed to go i mean you you can you also create areas where um like in in in, in 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 mud in laundry rooms where the dog can get their own dog pass or their own dog shower so that can all be done tastefully and still clean pet stations we create uh, where we, 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 we include storage cabinets like I said and dog treats and little boxes and pull out bins for the dogs where we can put everything and hang their, their leashes. Um, so it's it's just a little bit of work, and and if you have one room in the beginning, later on they can go throughout the whole house. I think it's easier to keep one room neat and tidy than the rest.
0: One more question: Kids are sometimes oblivious. They just get up and go, right? Especially within that that age group, you know, that eight to twelve age group, you know, they're focused on one thing and they get up with their iPads or their um, tablets and they just take off. And when you have a small dog around, the whole focus of you you as as, as as an adult is different. You have to keep looking around your feet. How did you guide your daughter to have that awareness? Or is this something that she learned over time herself as she was doing the research between the ages of eight and 10? I mean, your daughter was very mature for her age. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, I think she was, and and it was part of, of the experience, always having a pet in our house. She grew up with dogs, so we always had to watch for, uh, make sure the door, the door is not open, so the dog cannot just escape, and make. so yes, she learned at a very early age, and then we did a lot of reading, and it comes with experience as well.
0: So you would say the research is really imperative?
1: The research is imperative for everyone. For It was imperative for me as well, I learned a lot and especially for her. Yes, I cannot, um, yes, absolutely.
0: So I definitely recommend that if you are looking as a parent to, if you're considering getting a dog, please start with this book, what to know before you get your dog, uh, Margaret, anything else you want to leave us with?
1: No, I just was want to say dogs. Um, uh, just the the most the most amazing life lessons for children children learn so much like you mentioned earlier and i don't want to i i can't stress this enough that uh kids learn to be responsible to be compassionate to 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 gain empathy, respect and patience when when they can care for a dog because a kid who who cares for a dog learns what it feels like to have a living creature rely on them and that teaches them so many life life lessons and valuable things and I think it's very important that children have that as well, but the research and the responsibility and and the knowledge um, that needs to be done first.
0: Absolutely, and one thing I I would like to throw in there, and I know you and I discussed this before we started recording was um, don't rush into. Purchasing an animal, running to a pet store, seeing them in a window, Uh, it's, it is a lot of work, as we just indicated, there is a process to it. And if you want a specific breed, um, find a good reputable breeder, or have your child like Margaret, you did you had your daughter volunteer with rescue groups and you volunteered as well. That is such an amazing thing for each parent to be open to doing because it gives your ch- child responsibility and it eventually takes the responsibility off the parents. It makes it makes it easier for the parents in the long run, right? That is correct. So, um, and you went to a reputable breeder. So, if there's ever anything wrong and anything happens, you have a team around you, which is so important.
1: You are so right, and even now, I I, I text talk. Her- Anytime there is anything with our puppy and and they are amazing I can highly recommend them I would um, they you're absolutely right I even had to sign a contract for whatever reason uh, I, I'm not willing to to care for this for this puppy anymore they will take the, the puppy back and that is so important. Many parents buy their children a dog because they want one and they they want it they get it as a birthday gift or they get it as a Christmas or Hanukkah gift. And they do not realize uh, what's involved. And then several months later, they can't handle caring for that poor puppy. And unfortunately, they they have to be rehomed. And this is a very stressful and emotional situation for everyone involved, but especially for the pup. And I think every pup should find their forever home in the very beginning. And people should be responsible enough to do the research before they, I don't even think, Pet should be gifted get pet should not be given as a gift, like in my book I say a, a dog is not a toy you know it's not you cannot return a dog, I mean, sometimes I have to say. There are circumstances where it's better when the dog is being rehomed because you know a family member may not be able to care for the dog well or or someone may die so dogs do go back into shelters, but. Don't just purchase a get a dog uh, because it's, it's a gift for your child. Um, that is never a good way of starting a dog that better. Um, a dog should have a forever home right away because we get so much from them. They give everything to please us, to, to love us, to be around us. And it's just the least we can do to do research, to educate ourselves. Take some time. It, there's no rush into it. Um before you go out and, and get your child a pet. Um, if you can't get a dog from a shelter, um, please go go to a reptile
0: breeder. Yes. Yes. Dogs aren't cheap. I mean, it's it's expensive. Forget the cost of food. The pet industry puts out these annual reports on what it costs, what what average people spend um for pet ownership, dog ownership, or cat ownership. I think 2019, uh, the report said like. $800 a year for a dog. I'm like, what? Who's spending $800 a year for a dog? You got to be crazy. Your first vet visit winds up being four dollars. five, 600 exactly. you know, And if the shelter is neutering spaying them and you haven't even purchased the animal, um, great. But yeah, you have to go back for updates for vaccinations for checkups. Your dog ate multiple things right off the bat. You had oh, a couple of visits. Thousands of time. dollars. Right. Tendle
1: cleaning alone. I mean, small dogs are prone to tendle disease. I just had her her teeth cleaned. That was a couple of thousand dollars right there, you know, and because she needed some teeth extracted because she still had some, some baby teeth left or so. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Her teeth were growing, growing over her baby teeth for, uh, yeah. Yeah. That it's expensive. It is. It is. So costs are a factor as well. If, money's not an issue, wonderful, good for you. But what about, again, the responsibility and the care that the animal needs after something goes wrong, after they come out of the hospital, after um, they need a procedure? Those, that's all time. And to me, time and money, I mean, time is certainly more valuable, but if we had to correlate two things, it's time and money. They go hand in hand. And if you don't have the time, to put into caring for that pet while you're taking care of your child as well. And you expect your child to be the sole caregiver. I think people need to rethink what they do. I I mean, I'm all kind and happy, but I don't think everyone should have a dog. Just they don't, not everyone deserves a dog until they understand what it takes. Yeah. But
1: also my book talks about how much love they get out of having a dog. And uh, that's. I mean, you you have a dog will love you forever, and all the responsibilities and all the things my my daughter learned from from having her dog is is also wonderful. But yes, they have to be ready for one. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and the, the rewards are immense. Yes. You get what you give them.
1: Absolutely. Open up your heart to do your dog. You get more back than you can possibly imagine.
0: So hopefully, since uh, you wrote this book, you wrote this book before COVID and you published it during COVID.
1: That's correct. Yes.
0: Because you saw what was happening with the shelters and you were That's exactly
1: right. I wrote this book before and then during COVID when I saw that the shelters are emptying out, a lot of families are getting dogs because they feel like they have time now, the children are home and they wanna, they just want a dog for, dogs, you know, they can be an emotional support as well. And they, um, many of those dogs are. So I started really worrying about what will happen when COVID is over and people go back to work and children go back to school. That's when I said, I really had this passion. I had this mission passion project where I said, I need to get this book out for everyone to read. It worked so well for us. I I feel like if this book saves uh, one dog, so the dog does not have to be rehomed, that's already something good I did because by preparing the family and by preparing the children, um, a lot of dogs can find their forever home Uh, right away, rather than, you know, just being at a household. And then unfortunately, the dog has to be rehomed, which is such a stressful situation for everyone, but especially for the dog.
0: Absolutely. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing this and providing this information. I know your background is has nothing to do with pets. It's all about love and doing good. And um, thank you for opening up the pathway for kids to learn and love pets and grow with them. Thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. Thank you.